0: Hi, I'm Jesse Rath, and you're listening to Supergirl Radio. Your source for all things related to the CW Supergirl TV series and the character of Kara Zor-El. My name is Rebecca Johnson. I'm Morgan Lennon, and for this episode of the podcast, we welcome you to our Supergirl season five pitch meeting, during which we will be offering up our ideas about what the show could do next season. Uh, so we're looking ahead to season five, and maybe you know we we've got we've got ideas. A lot of them involve Muppets. But we have ideas (laughs) that we can uh, pass on to the showrunners if they probably aren't listening and probably already have ideas planned. But we are going to offer some suggestions on what we would want to see in Season 5 if we were in the the writer's room. So I will get us started on some pitch ideas that can go uh, for Season 5 or or any... any, uh season after that if we don't get around to it in season 5. So here are some of my ideas for some ideas that the show could do uh in season 5. So I I break my pitches down into three categories. So the first one is storytelling. So I kind of think that the show could do something a little different in terms of the way it tells its stories. So my first suggestion would be to make the stories smaller and characters more important because in season four everything was big worldwide we went to russia we uh dealt with the white house and the american government and everything was just big and global and even to the national level whereas in seasons past we had just been in national city and i think those stories were a lot uh more intimate because we got to know the city a little better. We got to know some of the villains a little better. So my personal uh, wish for the show moving forward is to get back to telling some of those smaller stories. So I think that going back to National City and focusing on National City, or even going to Midvale. Maybe we could go back to Midvale and tell some stories there. Um, So I I would really love to see some smaller stories instead of the big saving the world, because we've done that three seasons. Let's see, now four seasons, I guess, in a row. Yeah, four seasons in a row. Uh, Every season has been a saving the world season. (laughs) Um, So I would like to see something a little smaller and more focused, and especially with the characters I think sometimes those big saving the world stories take away from the smaller character uh, character beats and the character journey. So that would be my first suggestion: would be to to get get smaller, get a little more compressed, uh, just because the world has gotten a little too big now. I agree. I think jumping off of your. Pitch my pitch
1: on your pitch is that, um, I would love to see. I mean, I think we pitch this a lot, so um, it's not that surprising, but I'd love to see a day in the life episode. Mm. And it, it, I always pitch it, but you know, obviously. What's Pam from HR doing? I don't know. <laughs> I want to know, but I mean, it could even be it. It doesn't have to be a minor character like Pam from HR or Brian the alien. It could be one of our cast members that's not Kara. Like I maybe it's a day in the life of uh, of of John Jones, and we just see what he does uh, when he's not uh, you know with the uh, with the girls when he's uh, hanging out in his swanky new office. Maybe we find out. Uh, what that cost and how he's paying for it stuff like that <laughs> <laughs> maybe we take a day with brainy where he goes and gets a uh, pizza weird pizzas of varying
0: varieties around <laughs> the city <laughs> I would I would love that because we um we did get a little bit of a different perspective with that Man of Steel episode for Ben Lockwood in season 4 where we got to see what was happening in in the universe of the show from his perspective. So I would definitely love that with with a minor character that would be really cool. Yeah, I'd love to get like a
1: more of a like an on the ground. Like the one thing I liked about that episode was that we were a sort of like removed from the main story, but seeing what the repercussions are. So I'd love to see, you know, Pam from HR or one of the aliens, or maybe we just, we finally get our spin off. That's so Amade for one episode. (laughs) (laughs) What's Amade up to? (laughs) But uh, yeah, I think it would be cool to see like, well, what are the people who aren't saving the day doing during all of these, like, you know, all of the things that are going on. And, And I think that the, I think that, Supergirl could use to like expand the world and have some sort of side characters that like pop up occasionally and that we know their names, but aren't, major cast members it feels like every time like a new character is introduced it's like this character is going to be a huge deal on the show and like we're losing we're losing our eye on the aliens
0: <laughs> yeah where is brian the alien i think he should make a comeback brian. just for this concept i would love to I'm see worried what... about him <laughs> <laughs> i would love to see what brian the alien does during the day because you know he's up to something Always oh, some sort of scheme with brian <laughs> 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 so my next kind of storytelling suggestion would be that the show needs a little more mystery mm-hmm. because in season 4 it started off with the Ben Lockwood uh, storyline, it was very heavy on Ben Lockwood and we kind of knew who the bad guys were already we kind of knew what the deal was, what this, where the story was going, that everybody was going to have to deal with Ben Lockwood and that was not as engaging for me. I like I like to be on the edge of my seat like wondering what is going to come. And I think that's for me why the second half of season 4 was much more successful because you had that big uh, exciting uh, double cross reveal with Miss Tesfagar. <laughs> and when Lex Luthor came in and he had that big master plan that was way more interesting because I didn't know exactly how things were going to pan out. I didn't know what was going to come. So I think for me, I think the show could really use with a little more uh, mystery embedded in within the story. I think season three did that really well with the Sam Rain storyline and the character uh, that kind of had that dual, uh, uh, dual identity. So I thought that that was really exciting. So I, I would love to see the show get back to that. And um, so, what? I have two suggestions on how they could do that. Uh, one, I and I think I've maybe pitched it before on the podcast, but I'm just gonna have it be official here. I would like to see. This is like my perfect episode of Supergirl, and I really wish they would do something like this. But uh, a car, Alex road trip. Ooh. They have to go investigate some sort of mystery, and they have and. I would love it if it was like a half a season, but I would settle for just an episode, just an episode where Carr and Alex have to hop in that uh, hop in John's car and go somewhere and investigate a mystery like a Veronica Mars style kind of thing. I would be really into that because I think what Adventures of Supergirl by Sterling Gates did really well was they had a little bit of that word. Supergirl and Alex had to hop in a van and they had to go somewhere and deal with Psy. And I thought that was a really cool story. And so I would love to see the show do something like that because I would really like to see them get back to the Danvers sisters and incorporating them into the mystery and having them figure it out would be really, uh, really fun. And I also think another way they get introduced story uh, and more mystery is if they did a Kara in college flashback um, because it's uh, in the comics. Supergirl goes to Stanhope and that is where she goes to college. And so I would love to see because we haven't really gotten any information really about Kara in college. I mean, I think we know she went to college, but we've only seen her in Midvale in high school in some of those younger years but we haven't seen her go to the university get a degree and i think something could have happened there and i know that they kind of shy tv people shy away from like people in classrooms they think that's boring but I think that would be really cool to see what Car was up to before she came to Catco. So I think you could you could work in a mystery in a different scenario. So I just bottom line, I would love to see more puzzle pieces and having to figure things out and and um, engaging the audience in can you guess what's coming kind of storytelling.
1: Ooh, I like that. I think jumping off of that a little bit, uh, sort of similar, I would like to see like more. Um, what's it called? Not a serialized stories. Like maybe I know that Supergirl is a very serialized show and we get our, our villain of the, of the season. And we're always sort of working towards that final confrontation. And sometimes we get, you know, like a half season villain and then a full season villain combo. Uh, I, I wouldn't mind seeing a couple more, like not monster of the week, episodes but more sort of standalone like you're talking about like a mystery like a mystery episode that like is just an episode or um an episode where we deal with a specific problem um but it doesn't last the whole season and it's not maybe not as tied into the whole season plot line i feel like um there was a little bit more of that in the first seasons the first couple seasons um Specifically season one, there was way more of that. Um, And, you know, I I feel like there's sort of been a push in TV recently that like to have everything be serialized. Like everything is now like it's not a TV show. It's a long movie or it's like chapters in a book. And it's like, well, it's also a TV show. (laughs) It's okay. It's it can be a TV show. That's that's fine. I'm fine with it. So I wouldn't mind um, having them step back occasionally from the serialization of the, you know, like the storyline of the season um, or whatever to kind of get to be more specific story. And I think that that can let them play with genre a little bit more, like the, like what you're saying with, well, we could have a mystery episode or maybe we can have, um, I don't know, like kind of a horror episode. That would be fun. Um, I know that, like, I know legends is a, a very different show and way, <laughs> way wackier, And so you could not really take that much from legends, but like the idea that like on that show, because of the time periods and the time hopping, they can sort of play with different, genres different you know different storytelling uh, mechanics and i think you can do that on supergirl if you're not so focused on like well you know we got to tell this children of liberty story this week again we got to move that piece down the board i think if they sort of like eased up on the you know Every, everything has to be a puzzle piece that goes into everything else and instead was just a, just kind of let that breathe a little bit they could tell different kinds of stories that would be fun that would have like a maybe like a a flashback or a Veronica Mars or something like that i feel like this season in particular we got a couple of those kind of standalone episodes but very few of them like last season we had a couple and then like i feel like there were more in seasons 1 and 2 And this season, it was, it was all, it was either the Elite was a whole thing, but it was an arc. And then there was, like, the Children of Liberty, which lasted forever. (laughs) And there there was the Lex stuff, which was great, and, like, the Red Daughter stuff. But it was all, like, seeded throughout the season. So it didn't feel like we ever got a lot of, we didn't get that many episodes that were just, like, here's a story that we're telling.
0: Yeah, and I think we are both veronica mars fans and the reason that i bring veronica mars up which everyone should watch it it's a fantastic show such a good show i really like the storytelling format of that show because it gives you the best of both worlds i do particularly like the serialized storytelling i like the uh I'm going to bring up Lost too. I'm sorry. I just, I do it. This is, this is the thing that I, it's my gold standard. It's funny because I was going to bring up Lost too, because I think
1: Lost is actually a great example of a show that was very serialized and everything was a mystery about everything else. But also there were, there were just individual, like the, my favorite episode on the, on Lost was The Constant. And that's, I mean, it's, it, sure, it, hooks into the main story that they're telling but it's also just sort of a stand it's a standalone love story you could just watch the constant and you would be very confused but you would get <laughs> <the one. laughs> what why why are they all calling each other what about Penny's boat and uh, but you would you would get the the gist of like what you were watching because it's not like well okay previously you gotta watch a 25 minute previously on it's sort of a story about two people it's kind of universal so so I think that Lost did a really good job of doing uh, doing the sort of more standalone story within their larger arcs.
0: Lost did a good job of weaving the uh, character arcs and the character stories within the larger arcs. Uh, story of the season and i i bring up lost also because lost was really good at cliffhangers and i know we've talked about that before that i was always on the edge of my seat i literally i literally fell off my couch at the end of season four. (laughs) spoiler alert when the island disappeared i was like what just happened so i wish that i could feel like that with supergirl now with veronica mars why i say it's the best of both worlds is that it uh, has a, uh, a a bad guy of the week that you got to catch in every episode. But it also feeds into the larger—every episode feeds into the larger narrative, especially season one. Season one is one of the most brilliant seasons of TV that has ever been put to screen, um, just because there's a mystery throughout the season that gets kind of—you get little teases in every episode. And that's sort of how Veronica Mars usually plays out. And I love that. I love the way uh, they, do, they handle those stories. So I, I think you, you can do both— and do them well, you just have to be very intentional about what you drop in in every episode, so i just I think that the show could do more in uh building anticipation uh i I know like the flash season one, also another brilliant season of television where they did something similar where they dropped little teases of the reverse flash in almost every episode, and it kept you wanting to come back and i I thought that season four of Supergirl was lacking a little bit of that. So I, I would uh, encourage uh, some more mystery into the show. I think it could use a little more uh, mystery and intrigue. So that is an, one of the storytelling pitches that I would suggest. And one of my uh, suggestions that I would throw to the writers. If uh, uh, if if I knew what I was doing, they probably know what they're doing more than me. But I, as a viewer... I would enjoy seeing something like that more. Um let's see. What what are some some of my I'm
1: trying to think of some pitches. Usually I have so many of them, but they're always so ridiculous. Give me your ridiculous ones. So many muppet pitches, base pitches. Um I would love to see um like a more general pitch. I would love to see Alex do something next season. Um, <laughs> <laughs> just anything would would be great. But uh, I would like to see her go to, back to being like cool and like kick butt Alex. I feel like this season she really took a back seat. Her story was all over the place. Uh, and last season I think she had some really great moments. But so much of it was sort of wrapped up in the adoption plot line. And then they kind of dropped it. So it kind of felt like. Why are we spending all this time doing this? So I'd like to go back to like Alex at the DEO and Alex, you know, solving, I don't want to say crimes, but like Alex getting out into the field and like really doing field work. And I know that like this season we sort of saw her step back so that she wasn't as much in the field so that she could adopt. And then she forgot she was going to adopt. Um, So I think that, Maybe next season, I, w- I would wish for Alex, what I would wish for Alex is a consistent and logical storyline. <laughs> you know, just something where she goes through, like, an arc where her character develops in some way. Uh, and I'd like to see her, like, get out there and, and start kicking butt again because I feel like, uh, you know, she's always sort of in the background. And sometimes she kicks too much butt where you're like, I mean, that person just knocked over Supergirl why is Alex taking her down <laughs> <laughs> I think back to the episode where Alex sort of gets uh, gets kidnapped and has to like fight her way out. And she like take, a do, I can't remember if she like uses her jacket or her pants or something to like get herself out of this like water based death trap. And I was like, this is, she's MacGyver. Uh, I would like to get back to that version of Alex Danvers where I'm like, she can do anything because she can think her way through it. And she's also really cool versus like, she can do anything because the show needs her to punch that person.
0: <laughs> yeah. That episode was titled, Alex? Yes. <laughs> An easy one to remember. <laughs> um, I agree with you. I think Alex as a character works much better when she's out in the field, especially when she's fighting alongside Supergirl. There was a scene in In season four, where Supergirl and Alex, there was this really awesome camera move where they were kind of back to back and the the camera moved around them. And I was like, yeah, this is the stuff I miss seeing. And I think for me personally, I think one of the big missteps of the show is that they made Alex director too early. And I even I think I even said that at the end of season three, that that is something I would have saved for the end of her character arc on the show. I think her end point would have been to become director of the D.E.O. That seems like a logical ending point for Alex. So now it's like, well, is she just going to be stuck inside the D.E.O. with Brainy? I mean, not no offense to Brainy, but you are losing that side of Alex that is really fun to watch. And it it takes away from the uh, Danvers sisters aspect of getting to see them fight together and see them, uh, you know, going out and doing these things in the field together. So I, I don't know how they would go back to doing that. I guess Jean was director of the DEO and he still went out a couple of times in, in the field. So I guess she could still go out there, but, uh, that that decision to make her director so so early on, I, I do think, was was a mistake for the show. But maybe they can find ways to get her back out there and it would make sense. Uh, but I agree with you. I think Alex really could use some awesome moments for her to do something uh, really cool as a, a kick-butt character. And also just to have a good arc, just a, a good storyline for her. I think that would be really great in season five. Also, season five, what, I mean...
1: If Alex is already basically not acting like the the director of the DEO, just putting it out there, and like maybe they need an outside hire for director <laughs> of the DEO, and after an extensive search, an extensive search, they're like, "Listen, we've done it. We've hired the director of the DEO, Alex. I know you want to get back in the field. You want to be cool again. Don't worry. You're, this is your new boss." And like out comes her new boss, and he's like, "I would shake your hand." but i can't cuz my sweat is cyanide and it's like director bones and like all the lights are going down and he's like dancing i don't know why he's dancing he's got his like cigar he's like it's me director bones and then he puts up in his office like that giant news article <laughs> that's like director <laughs> director bones the best villain <laughs> and he's like listen i'm reformed but i just want you all to know that when i was a villain i was the best villain <laughs> My pitch for next season is: uh, You're a comic book show, so Supergirl. You can get weird sometimes.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> don't don't shy away from the director Bones's, the Turtle Boys. <laughs> the, I keep wanting to say the Newsboy Mafia, but that's not
0: a thing. <laughs> maybe we maybe next season it becomes a thing maybe this is the dark side so uh i don't i don't think anybody would be surprised that supergirl radio would pitch a director bones appearance in season 5 we do love director bones uh, on this podcast, and if you are curious as to why Morgan made the reference about him being a reformed villain who was the best villain, please, <laughs> please visit uh, SupergirlRadio.com and go back into our archives about our discussions on Supergirl Rebirth comics. Uh, it's fantastic because Director Bones is featured in Rebirth as a as a villain slash director uh, director of the Do. I think I think he was director of the Do. I think Ch- uh, Cameron Chase was out. And he was put in. It's been a while since we read Rebirth. Um, But he is also part of just D.E.O. canon from the comics. He was in uh, the if you um, read the graphic novel Chase, it's a compilation of a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, I get I get it might be more of a big trade paperback, but it's it's all D.E.O. stories and Cameron Chase stories and director bones is in there. That's how I first fell in love with director bones, uh, (laughs) I guess, close to four years ago now. So he's been somebody I have been wanting to see on the show since like day one of the show appearing because the D.E.O. that's his jam. He's been that's that's what he does is he is a director of the DEO. So for the show to go into now the 5th season and not have Director Bones appear at all that to me is crazy. That would be like one of the things on the top of my list. So here's my here's my pitch for Director Bones. Now I know you want him to come out of the shadows Cyanide sweat full uh, cyanide <laughs> sweat full
1: just on. So, just so sweaty for a skeleton. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um they're like, how does he sweat? <laughs> <laughs> but I think that kind of shot reveal would be a great way to go out on like a winter finale in <gasps> December. Dun, dun, like, dun. you know, um, so here here's my thing. So this is gonna be kind of like Joker ish or Dr. Manhattan ish. But I think that Director Bones needs to come in as just Mr. Bones, maybe. Maybe he's just <laughs> Mr. Bones at this point. He's a... he's, he goes, please, Director Bones is my father. <laughs> he's, he's, just, he's just a regular guy. And maybe he's with the DEO and he goes out on a mission with Supergirl and something happens to him. And he develops this cyanide sweat capability but he doesn't tell anybody and so there might be a couple of you know like we were talking about the mystery of this could could go Ooh. over you know a half season where he doesn't really tell anybody what's happening he just starts wearing a lot more gloves and like <laughs> hats and it's like is it just me or has,
1: or has bones lost some weight <laughs> just gets skinnier and skinnier until he's a skeleton <laughs> so uh, So for the half season, Rebecca, oh my God, the reveal is at Halloween. (laughs) 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 Yes!
0: Yes. everybody
1: thinks it's a costume. Yes. But then it's like the next day
0: he shows up and they're like, man, he's too committed to that Halloween (laughs) costume. So I think you could build a mystery with director bones in terms of, you know, maybe there's some people who start dying off and they, they notice, oh there's some cyanide connected to these deaths who, who is doing this. And, and then at the end of the, the half season, maybe in December, December you we we get that shot that we've been wanting for so long where he like comes out of the shadows smoking a cigar. I think that would be amazing. Uh, that would be a, my dream a director bones uh, kind of thing. It's a little it's a little hokey that you know, maybe something would happen to him on a mission. That's kind of comic book, you know, it's a comic book trope, but I think that that could work, and I think a director Bones would be a great way to enhance the mythology of the DEO. And you could you could kind of
1: introduce him as a normal, grounded character, you know, like Supergirl likes to do. You know, yeah, they like, oh yeah. yeah, this character we're gonna take from the comics, and he's just gonna be this normal dude. But then he can slowly, slowly become the crazy version of the comic book character. <laughs>
0: I, I think that could really add to the mystery and the kookiness that the show really needs in season five. I love it. I
1: love it. Um, what else for season five? There's I have so many. I have so many concepts, but I just don't know what would be the best. I mean, I would love to see Lex come back. I think in season five, it doesn't have to be for a substantial amount of time, but I would love to see like Lex come back and like, he's gotten a revenge horse that he just, (laughs) (laughs) he just like rubs in Lena's face. He's like, Oh, Lena, how's it it going with your best friend? Oh, this is my horse biscuit. Lena's like, what? I don't understand. Also, why do you have a fake unicorn horn on its <laughs> <laughs> forehead? He was like, because you always used to love unicorns. And now I've got one. <laughs> like, uh, I think petty Lex Luthor is my favorite shade of Lex Luthor. And I would just love to see him come back and be like the pettiest.
0: Well, that would be fitting because he was shocked that Lena shot him. And since we saw something that alluded to the fact that he might have survived that gunshot or the gunshots, I think she shot two to the chest. So uh, Lena, I don't think, I think everybody thinks that Lex is dead. So that would be really uh, surprising for all of them to see a recurrence of Lex Luthor in the universe uh, of Supergirl. So I I would be into that myself. Well, um, so can I pitch a couple of things? I would love that. if uh, if you're willing to go the topical route since the show enjoys their topical storylines, I have a few that I would like to pitch. Uh, these are gonna be uh, something that I think could be beneficial to the world as a whole. Uh, Because it would highlight and and bring awareness to some of these things. So the first one that I would like, my first topical storyline pitch is uh, doing a story about childhood cancer. Now, I, I know it sounds depressing. It does. I know it sounds depressing. But... Uh, this topic made headlines last year in America. It was a big uh, issue that uh, went all the way up to the White House. It's a big problem in our country. I myself have actually, when I was going through cancer treatment, I would go into radiation, radiation, ooh, cannot say the word, radiation treatments, and I would see these little kids. and It was heartbreaking. These little kids, they were being wheeled around in those like radio flyer wagons, and they would be taken to their uh, their radiation rooms. And what I noticed, because I was an adult, so <clears throat> this did not apply to me, but they, the kids would be taken into these special radiation rooms where they had Disney princesses and Spider-Man painted on the rooms. And so these kids go in there with the images of these heroes on the walls. And it just makes me sad a little bit that Supergirl as a show doesn't often appeal to those viewers, I know there have to be some kids and some uh, young teens who watch the show. And I know that, you know, they know that racism and bigotry exist. But maybe, you know, maybe don't go that big on storylines. Maybe you could do something simple where Supergirl connects with a kid who's going through cancer. And that could be part of Kara's arc is that she is going through things with this kid and she forms this bond with this kid. I I think it should be a little girl, but it could be a little boy. It doesn't matter. Um, but I think that if you want to do something topical topical that deals with something that's going on in the country and in the world, I think this is a really important thing to discuss because it just really breaks my heart as a cancer survivor myself to see that kids have to go through that. And so I I like the idea that a kid could watch Supergirl and be inspired by something like that, especially I think about my friend Chrissy who we've had on the podcast uh, talking about her cosplaying as Supergirl and going to visit these kids who are sick um, so I think that the show could do build a lot of goodwill in terms of the topical storylines if it did something like that where it tried to inspire you know kids that are going through something really traumatic and hard and it's actually something that is based in a Supergirl comic canon uh, Supergirl Way of the World is a story we've covered on Supergirl Radio before which is a story where Supergirl actually tries to cure a little boy of cancer and so that is something that they could even pull from uh the comics so it has some precedence in the comics and i think it would be uh, a, a heartwarming a heartwarming story and who doesn't want to see melissa benoist with little kids i know that is something i think we would all be into So I don't know why they have not done a story like this. I think even Smallville did something similar with Clark and Ryan early on in the show's run. So I think that that could be something that you could do where it would bring the stories down to a smaller level. It wouldn't be worldwide. It wouldn't be global. It would just be Supergirl and this kid and uh, dealing with something that a lot of people can identify with. I know a lot of people who have gone through cancer, who have had cancer, who know somebody who's been through cancer. And I mean, if you're listening right now, you probably know somebody who's gone through that. And I think it's something that we need to talk more about because it's a big problem in our world. So uh, that would be something that I would really, really, that's one of my top suggestions is that Supergirl as a show does something more for kids and does something more to reach out to kids who look up to superheroes as uh, as inspiration. Yeah, I think that's a really good one. And and I I mean, Melissa Benoist with a with some kids would be so cute. Um and the other topical storyline, I'm not I'm I'm not sure how they could incorporate it, but I know that like in America especially um the opioid crisis is going on. So there's a lot of health related things that I think the show could cover if you wanted to go into these kind of stories. I this is this is something that I guess I pull from my my soap opera love is that like especially when I watched all my children which it was very much a show that dealt with uh, cultural aspects and uh, society and what, what was going on in, in the world at the time. And so they would deal with these things a lot, like they would talk about rape and they would talk about um, different diseases or abortion or whatever it was. And so uh, I think that, you know, I, I think about all my children and how they handled it. And they usually did a pretty pretty good job of it. Uh, so if the show wanted to get topical, I think talking about these big uh issues that affect everyone is a lot better off than than dealing with some of these these other issues uh, just because it's something that would hit everyone so i and it's it's a public health emergency so i don't know you could maybe do something with it i'm not sure exactly what i haven't really worked that out haven't really workshopped that idea but the opioid epidemic might be something that they could also pull from
1: yeah that's that's definitely something um i think that they could do and i'm thinking like they could talk about it directly or they could do, not that I liked this, but in um, in Buffy, they had a whole storyline where, you know, Willow gets addicted to magic. It was very, um, it was a little, for, for my taste, it was a little too like, this is what it is and this equals this, but um, it was sort of a way to be a little bit metaphorical. Um, while still talking about, you know, addiction. And they could do something similar to that on, like, Supergirl. Like, maybe there's some, like, new alien drug.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's hitting the streets. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, they could do s- something like that as well. My favorite is I was
1: watching, uh, and I'm not at all caught up on Riverdale, but on Riverdale they had a drug that was that was called uh, Jingle Jangle or something ridiculous like that. I mean, if you're going to... If you're gonna do it, you gotta give it some ridiculous name.
0: Yeah, it's yeah, it's gotta be something that wouldn't actually be a drug, but something that you could introduce in a fictional world. Yeah, no, I like that. Um well, I also I know you mentioned uh the newsboy legion, not the newsboy mafia, but it could be Mafia <laughs> on the show if that's what they wanted to do. Uh because I still think the newsboy legion would still be a really awesome storyline for James. I'm not sure if they want to go the Guardian route in Season 5. It kind of seems like they're done with Guardian, which is such an unfortunate choice because there's so much (laughs) they can do with Guardian. So if they don't want to continue James with the Guardian mantle, my suggestion is that they pass it off to other guardians that we know of because there are other guardians besides james olsen who exist in the dc canon so there's mal duncan uh uh, who might be your favorite guardian because he's also known as the herald or hornblower uh (laughs) yes so uh mal duncan can come on the show and take up the guardian mantle from james if they don't want to continue it with macad brooks or my favorite Guardian, who is Jake Jordan. So you could bring on another Guardian who could come into the show if if you wanted to. I don't think they could use the Jim Harper version because he already, Jim, Jim Harper as a character already appeared in season one. So if they wanted to, they could bring that actor back. But it seems like that that was just kind of an Easter egg in season one. So I don't know if they would want to use him. But I think there is a lot that you could do with the Guardian as a character. And so it, it does make me a little sad that they seem to have let that go with James. Yeah, I mean, it was
1: such a weird... <laughs> Everything with James is so weird. I think my hope for James, like like my hope for Alex, is that next season they just really workshop what they want to do with him. And they just stick to that thing. Uh, because, yeah, we did, like, we really did lose the whole Guardian thing. I, I would actually like it if they brought in, you know, now that it seems that James isn't really doing the Guardian thing as much. Maybe they bring in a different character who wants to be guardian and James like trains him in the ways of guardians. And then, you know, since James has a lot of time that he's dedicated to Catco, whatever that organization is, <laughs> uh, that's when he starts the newsboy Legion. And a couple of those newsboys, they go bad they start the newsboy mafia.
0: <laughs> so I can stop calling it the wrong name. <laughs> uh, so, so much to work with there. And maybe one of those kids is Mal Duncan or Jake Jordan. I just think that would be really cool to, to see more of the Guardian mythology on the show. Since they have him as a character, they might as well use it. Once again, it's the snapper not snapping. <laughs> I know. Um, so I have another uh, pitch, if you will uh, allow me this, uh, this pitch. Uh, so I think it would be really cool, since we have Eliza Danvers and Lillian Luther uh, on the show, and they have played uh, Invaluable. Uh, roles in the show and the erasing of both Kara and Lena. I would love it since we've played on some sister dynamics. We've played on some sibling dynamics with brother and sister. I think it would be fun to bring more of the mothers into play. And so my pitch using Eliza and Lillian would be to fo- have a story that forces them to team up in order to save Kara and Lena somehow. That I think would be a really... Exciting and uh, deliciously catty, maybe, episode of the show that I think would be uh, so much fun. And I think Helen Slater and Brenda Strong would have a lot of fun with it. So, my pitch for uh, that would just be to have them forced in the story, like they wouldn't want to work together, but they would have to in order to save their kids. So, uh, I really wish that would happen. Oh my God, that would be the greatest. Yeah, I think that. Uh,
1: first any any more Lillian Luther that we can get obviously I'm down but uh I you know we only get a little bit of Eliza every season um so I would love it if when we get her, it's like maybe a whole episode that she's in just dedicated to her. And she's not just like, oh, no, over there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: oh, uh, Helen Slater is a really good actress. And so I think they could use her more. I mean, they've obviously given up hope with Jeremiah. So I don't <laughs> expect Dean Kane to show back up anytime soon, even though I would love that. But use Eliza. Use Helen Slater and do something awesome with her. Uh, because sometimes she is... Uh, At least more recently, she's been kind of a side character who just is there in scenes. So I would love to see her be utilized more on the show.
1: I think, okay, so another pitch of mine for for next season is that Alex, now that she's got all her memories back, she's like, oh crap, dad, and she goes out on the search for jeremiah danvers (laughs) um and then like halfway through she once again forgets that's what she was doing and instead it's just like she's just like going on a road trip i think that would be a good episode (laughs) and at the end of it she's like finally i found i found jeremiah danvers and and it's just like she opens the door and it's maxwell lord and he's like i've been been here the whole time (laughs) he's he's like been trapped somewhere he's like learned to live off the land or something he's got one of those like tom hanks and castaway
0: beards (laughs) in all seriousness though they could play up alex's search for jeremiah and connect it back to her uh desire to be a mother and uh deal with parent and children dynamics in that storyline so that you could tie that in thematically but it would also be fun to see maxwell lord again so i'd be up for that too yeah
1: that that would be a good uh you you turn my ridiculous pitch into something that's very heartfelt and i like it <laughs> <laughs> now i want it for real it could work it could work both ways we we could figure it out
0: <laughs> well and one of my uh desires for season five, some some things on my wish list. Um, and in addition to the the universe of the show, like with Jeremiah and Maxwell Lord and all of that, I would love to see more comic book mythology in, in the show. We got a little bit of it with Lex Luthor in season four, but I would like to see the show return. Cause especially like in season one, there was so much in season one that was just, layered in comic book stuff. I mean it was it was basically the show uh taking things from the Sterling Gates run, which I loved. We had Lucy Lane and we had Bizarro Girl and we had Silver Banshee. And so it was so much fun to see that as a fan of the comics to see that pop up on my screen and I I kind of missed that. We haven't had as much of that here lately, I mean, we had the Legion of Superheroes, and we had Rain in season three, but season four didn't have as much as I would have liked as a fan. So here are my suggestions. Uh, my on my wish list, like on the very very top, the Bottle City of Candor. Yes, it's got to <laughs> be there somewhere in the Fortress of Solitude. I would love to see us go in it because I don't think that that has actually ever. I'm trying to think if there's been a live-action version of that, and I, I can't think of one. Uh, listeners, if you know of one, let me know. I would love to visit it. Um, but I would love to see Supergirl go into the bottle city of Candor. And while she's there, and I know I've mentioned her on the podcast before, but I love her so much. And she's, like, one of the only things that made uh, the Silver Age interesting for me. Uh, the villain, Lesla Lar, Lesla, Yes. Lesla hyphen Lar. <laughs> She is a villain from the Silver Age who is a scientist in the bottle city of Kandor. She could cause a lot of problems for Supergirl. And you could maybe even tie her to Lena Luthor as a co-scientist. So you could bring Lena into that story. Into Maybe Lena could go with Supergirl into Kandor. So there are so many cool things you could do with that. And I would just love to see what the show's take on Candor would be. And also, since we're here at the Bottle City of Kandor, I have lots of Bottle City of Kandor ideas. So, <laughs> um, so we met Thara, who was Kara's best friend in uh, on Krypton. But when she, they uh, things happened with Krypton, they ended up on Argo. Uh, so we met Thara. Had the the evil gazebo uh, <laughs> that we loved so much. Uh, although we don't know it was evil, we just assume it was evil. Um, but I I think it would be cool. They could bring Thara back from Argo and Kara and Thara could go into the bottle city of Kandor as Nightwing and Flamebird because in the comics, Thara is Flamebird. And so Nightwing and Flamebird are these characters that are usually associated with um, uh, the bottle city of Kandor and Supergirl has taken on those mantles before. So uh, with Thara, Supergirl is Nightwing and Thara is Flamebird. And also Supergirl has gone in there with Power Girl. Power Girl was Nightwing and Supergirl was Flamebird. Um, and so that has a lot of comic book mythology behind it. So I think that would be really cool to see something like that. Yeah, that'd be awesome. I'm big into the Bottle City of Kandor. And I think that would be such a fun way to incorporate more of the 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 mythology of uh, the world of DC Comics and also Supergirl as a character, and the other location that I would put out there would be the Phantom Zone. Now I know that sci- Sci-Fi's Krypton is, I think, is going to be in the Phantom Zone in season two, so there might be a little bit of a conflict, uh, but. I think if they can get away with it, if, if sci-fi is finished with it in season two, I would love to see the CW Supergirl take on the Phantom Zone and what that looks like. Because in the Helen Slater movie, I know, Morgan, you haven't seen it. Uh, we're going <laughs> to we're, we're work on that. But the Phantom Zone stuff in that movie, in the Supergirl, the movie, the Phantom Zone stuff is, like, my favorite part of that movie. It is emotionally gripping. It is uh, just devastating and what happens there and it's just grim and it's so i i just love it. it the aesthetic of it is so cool and i would love to see what supergirl the tv show uh would do with that
1: yeah that would be so interesting and especially because they've talked about the phantom zone since season one but we've never
0: been there yeah and i i think that's something that would be really interesting if they well see Krypton sci-fi's Krypton kind of did this where some characters got sucked up into the phantom zone. So I kind of would love to see Supergirl go to the phantom zone. Maybe it's something they could do down the line, but there have been so many different depictions of the phantom zone. So it would be neat to see what they would do with it. And I would love to see some characters get trapped there.
1: Uh, Yeah. I think that would be really cool. I would, I would love to see them and I'm not as well acquainted with the comics. Um, as you are, but I would love to see them pull a n- first off a non Kryptonian villain, uh, but somebody who's a villain um, who's squared off against Supergirl or Superman from the comics, um, who is not a Kryptonian. I, I feel like I'm a little burnt on yeah. the Kryptonian uh, villains and I need a break, Um kind of got a break this season but it turned out to not be what I wanted at all Uh, (laughs) so I mean I know that she that there are a lot of cool weird villains from DC Comics lore like let's let's pull somebody let's pull one of them out I mean I think in the last episode or so we mentioned Granny Goodness like that would be a cool like what's their what would be their take on that character i would i would be interested to see how they would uh how they would deal with somebody like that
0: yeah i that's another one of those things where i don't know since there is a new god's movie in the works i don't, mm. I don't know if they would be able to use granny goodness but on my list of things that I wanted to pitch was Supergirl going up against the Female Furies. Now, the Female Furies are this uh, ragtag group of people who kind of operate with Granny Goodness on Apocalypse. And I they they are associated with Supergirl in a, a various number of stories. And I think it would be really cool to see them on the show. The only thing I have a problem with the, the Female Furies is that we've had a lot of those group Uh, villain team up type of things. We had Rain and the World Killers, and then we had Mm. the Elite. So I almost want to break from that too, (laughs) even though I would love to see the Female Furies. I was sort of thinking, well, but we've already kind of done that, like leader with the you know the sidekick kind of thing. So that's the only thing that takes me away from the Female Furies, but. I would love to see Supergirl go to Apocalypse. I'm all about Supergirl going places. I, I want to I want to either see smaller stories in National City or I would want to see smaller stories like on Apocalypse where she was having to deal with something on another world. Uh, that would be something I'd be into. Yeah,
1: that would be very cool.
0: So since we're talking about villains and who we would want to bring in, I I know for the show, they probably have an idea of a story they want to tell. And you usually want to start with the story and then figure out what villain fits in with the story that you want to tell. But I know we read a little bit of Supergirl Rebirth and in Rebirth... The character of Emerald Empress was there, who had the yes. weird eye. Um, she is a uh, she's an interesting looking villain because she has this eye that kind of goes with her, and uh, it's just it would be a different look, and she has a you know a totally different deal going on, and so I think she would be someone who would bring something different to the show and she she could also be a way to bring back the legion of superheroes if they wanted to do that um because she is often associated uh with the legion of superheroes and supergirl stories so uh, there there are so many villains like i would even i i think rampage is a no-brainer i think you got to bring in rampage oh yeah at this point she's been in several uh iterations of supergirl comics i'm currently reading all through the peter david run right now uh, on supergirl radio we read the very very end of that run and so now i'm going back and reading the whole thing and rampage is featured in that uh, rampage was in adventures of supergirl and there was a really great story connection with alex danvers with rampage and they had a, a, a Sterling gates wrote a really good thematic element where rampage had a sister and it connected to Kara and Alex. And it was just so good. And I almost want to be like, just do that. You know, just just do that story. <laughs> um, so I think Rampage is... I think you got to bring Rampage in. And she's, she's a different kind of villain. Um, she's kind of like the Hulk a little bit. But she has... You could write a really interesting story for her and why she gets so angry and what her backstory is and I, I think that would be really awesome yeah so i'm now looking at a
1: list of supergirl villains uh and boy there's some interesting ones on here that i have never heard of before like positive man have you heard of positive man i've never heard of positive he man. was a mad alien scientist that blew up his planet uh, using a doomsday weapon, the explosion turned him into a massive, intangible energy creature blinded by hatred. <laughs> oh my god! I mean, uh, I feel like if we got Director Bones on, we could get a massive uh, energy creature on as well. Why sure, not? why not? He's just kind of like a patch of haze in the corner or something. He's really angry, though. Let's get all the weird... I think really what I want is I want all the weird... Uh,
0: villains on this show like the weirder the better okay let me give you two weird uh well uh, one of them is one of them would be a villain and then one would be kind of maybe you could make him a villain but he's mostly a hero so here are some two crazy characters that i know you're gonna love so the one of them that i was thinking about bringing in was a character named resurrection man um, he's, he's a character, uh, by the name of Mitchell Shelley and he basically what his deal is, uh, he, he can die and when he dies, he comes back to life and he has a new power based on how he died. Oh my God. <laughs> it's, it's a very kind of interesting, weird, uh, power set of his but he is seen in the comics as a hero uh so i think he would be a really interesting character to bring in now you would have to i think you would have to almost play resurrection man up in a storyline if it involved uh someone dying i think that would be you know you would thematically want to bring a character like that in if you were dealing with a death of some kind Um, but this is a character i know you're gonna love and i don't know if you've ever heard of her But I just when I think of this character, I think this is a this is a character that Morgan Glennon is going to (laughs) need on the show. So I'm ready. I'm ready. So Lex Luthor has a niece in the comics, and her name is and I'm hoping I'm going to pronounce this correctly. Nostalgia. (laughs) Nostalgia, I think is how you say it. But she like she's got like a lot of nostalgia. But no, here's the thing, Morgan. She goes by the name Nasty.
1: Oh my god (laughs) nasty luther yes are you joking i am not joking (laughs) this is an actual character in the comics you know that they would have they would have to get the rights to janet jackson's nasty like they would they would have to put down that money because how can you have (laughs) nasty luther like not showing up with that song in the
0: background you you can't resist it you just (laughs) it it would it would be expected so Nasty's deal is that she um, tries to figure out Supergirl's secret identity. And so she's in the comics, like, trying to figure her out. And she kind of thinks that Supergirl, like, Linda is Supergirl. And so she's, like, going around following her and trying to figure her out. So I think you could bring a Nasty Lutheran. Now, of course, the niece part of it, I don't think you could make work because I think that would almost in the universe of the show Lex Luthor's niece would have to be a Lena Luther daughter. So that that <laughs> yes. has that hasn't happened yet. But maybe like a like a
1: weird cousin. Like a weird Luther cousin.
0: Yeah, it could be any kind of different um scenario. Maybe Lena has an aunt. Or, uh, you know, somebody like that or a cousin. Yeah, it could be Lena's cousin who shares something in common with her and they they get together and maybe Lena wants to get revenge on Kara keeping that secret from her. And she, she kind of uses nasty to play tricks and, you know, the petty tricks that you, you were hoping that maybe we're going to pull in season I think that would be a really awesome character for Lena to interact with because Lena doesn't have Miss Desvagar anymore. So she could use somebody to talk these things out with. Nasty is there. Let me pitch it. Nasty is there for an internship. Yes. <laughs> she's
1: trying to get college credit. And at first she's like, I don't understand why you keep wanting me to like, lock your friend Kara into weird rooms and, like, (laughs) death traps. And then eventually she just, like, gets way too into it and, like, takes it too far. Like, I was like, I didn't ask you to lock Kara into a trash compactor, Nasty. And Nasty's (laughs) like, it's my game now.
0: (laughs) Yeah, Nasty could get out of control. I like that.
1: Like like Lena creates a monster by accident. Like it's a mon- nasty is a monster of her own making. N- nasty is Lena's Frankenstein.
0: <laughs> well, she did. She was Doctor Frankenstein in season four, so that fits along right with uh, Lena's character. So I think it would be fitting if the character of Nasty lived up to her name. So I, uh, I think that's a, that's a good pitch. I like that. Uh, so I think you could definitely work in another Luther on the show and uh, bring some of that uh, Luther craziness into season five. Uh, another character that I think we need at some point uh, that we have not seen, this is not a villain, but I think that it's a character that needs to show up at some point. And that is the character of Comet. And I know, Morgan, that you have feelings and thoughts. Yeah, oh my God, I had this on my list. (laughs) (laughs) So what are your thoughts about, how would you pitch Comet on the show? This is a good question, because
1: Comet is one of the weirder elements (laughs) of Supergirl mythology. And I know this specifically because I was on an episode of Supergirl Power Hour that's uh, hosted by uh, our DC TV family, uh, Corey. And she sent me a whole bunch of Silver Age Supergirl comics to read. And I was like, okay, cool. This will be fun. And I didn't know what I was getting into. I didn't know (laughs) how... deep and dark the rabbit hole gets in the silver age and uh so comet is a super horse that also kind of turns into a dude who's also kind of into Kara. (laughs) so it's kind of like my horse my boyfriend uh and it gets weird so i mean i think maybe what you want to do is like car decides in season five like maybe i'm gonna and maybe I'm ready to love again. I'm ready to get out there. <laughs> I'm ready. I'm getting on the apps. i'm gonna do I'm gonna do this thing. and then like she shows up at the restaurant to meet this guy. and then maybe the guy's a horse. like I don't. <laughs> I feel like, or the guy, or she, she, she makes a she makes a connection with this guy. She's like, this is the guy. I I love this. This guy is so great. Like I don't know. I know things have gone ride with people in the future. The James thing didn't work out. Monel, my God, Monel. Uh, but <laughs> this guy, this guy Comet, who's got a really weird name, is like so great. And then like later in the episode, he gets turned into a horse, and she's like, "Well, I guess." what do I do now? And then she just decides to stick with it. And she's like out buying him oats somewhere. (laughs) There's no logical way to add Comet into, into the show in any capacity, which is why I like thinking about how to do it.
0: (laughs) It Comet is, I'm discovering that Comet is just that thing that you got to lean into. If you're going to write a Supergirl story, you just have to go with it because in the Peter David run it gets even more complicated. So in that run, Comet is uh, is all, is like it, okay. I'm going to try to explain this in a way that makes <laughs> sense. Is part uh like supernatural being slash horse, and then okay. also part uh. I guess part man and then part woman too. Like there's a lot of things going on with Comet. Uh, and also I think Comet is a shapeshifter in that run. So uh, Comet can <laughs> can change into these different uh, things because Comet saves this woman. And because she dies, she goes into his being I guess, and so she, the comet's like a mixture of this dude who can become a horse, who is also now this woman, and so a Supergirl does have uh, feelings towards the comet perspective, uh, the comet, uh, the comet persona, and then is kind of like, I don't know how I feel about comet also being a woman. Like it's it's so complicated, <laughs> and Supergirl has a lot of. Uh, the complicated feelings about the situation so comment no matter how you slice and dice it's just a weird concept but i think it would be tons of fun on the show and i think given how uh, we as fans reacted to spike the dragon i think we really we want supergirl interacting with animals I think we all kind of want some of that. And I think it would just be a fun, quirky story to find out that the animal she's hanging out with is also a dude. I just <laughs> would be into that. I would love to see what the show does with a concept like Comet. Uh, because Comet could be an alien who's just in National City and has these alien powers. I know that Streaky the super cat, might be a little hokey to do on a show like that but Comet I think you could maybe make it work so uh because Comet is also kind of human in in some respects what if they like
1: Beauty and the Beast it like what what if like Kara gets to know this horse and is like this is such a great horse and then at the like the end of the episode the curse is lifted the horse just turns into a dude and she's like what
0: (laughs) There's your Valentine's Day episode.
1: Smashes, smashed to black. <laughs> Cars just really confused.
0: We have given them a Halloween episode for season five, and we we've also given them a Valentine's Day episode. There you
1: go. Yeah, like she she's like I've met the greatest guy on Tinder, and then she. <laughs> He wants to go horseback riding with me. Isn't that romantic? And then she shows up and she's like, "Where is the guy?" All I see is the horse. And then she's like, "Wait, how do you even swipe with your hoof?" <laughs> uh,
0: I just, I think after the, the possibilities a- are endless. <laughs> after the seriousness of season four, I think we need to take a little turn to to go up a little lighter. Just just maybe for an episode that would be that would be such. <laughs> Just give us one. <laughs> just, just give us something kooky in season five. Uh, that would that would be really nice. I normally I like serious stories. I really do. But after a whole season of television where it's just serious story after serious story and just like so much of that, I could just use a little bit of a you know because l- in uh, was it season. It must have been season two, I guess, when uh, Mixie showed up. Oh, yeah. That was a that was a breath of fresh air that it, it was just this one episode where things got a little crazy. And so I think the show could really use to go back to something a, a little kookier like that. I mean, speaking of Mixie, I would love to see him
1: again in season five. I mean, maybe we also get like uh, some gr- like Supergirl, you know, enemy greatest hits because like what's what's Mixie up to? He just sort of disappeared. Maybe Hat escapes. <gasps> Maybe Mixie and Hat and they both have hats. And it's like, which
0: one is the magical one? Who knows? They just trade them back and forth. <laughs> I like that because they're both connected because of uh, the fifth dimensional energy, I believe. So that actually could work. You could pair them up because they could be connected somehow magically. Oh, Morgan, I would be so into that episode. Yes. It would be great. <laughs> I love that pitch. A So plus. many hats. So many hats. So many bowler hats. I feel like it has to be like a bowler
1: hat. Oh, it's definitely got to be a bowler hat <laughs> or else what are we even doing here?
0: <laughs> what are we even doing at this pitch meeting? Uh, so, yes, I think that would be excellent. Um, the only other things that I, I was thinking about were uh, in terms of cars reporting. I would really love to see a story. She kind of had this with uh, our pal Amadei, but not as much to my liking. Uh, I would love to car to really go after the truth. Not because it's the truth that kind of fits her narrative and the way that she thinks about the world, but maybe something she digs into is something that disproves something that she thinks and she has to go with it because it's the truth. I would love to see like a real really good journalistic challenge for Kara that she would have to push through to get to the truth no matter what it is. Uh so that's something I would love to see for Kara.
1: Yeah, I would I would like to see Kara doing reporting on a more consistent basis next season. Like it's not just the one special episode that we get, or, you know, the one episode and maybe like a little bit of like, Hey, you're my favorite reporter. It's like, really? How, uh, we, (laughs) (laughs) maybe we get us like, um, a little arc, a couple of episodes where she's chasing down one specific story. Now it could be about, you know, the pelicans, it could be about anything. It could be maybe it's not something that's related to the main villain of the season. Maybe it's just like she's out there in her community finding some story to investigate and get to the bottom of. And I think when we talked about the idea of maybe, you know, putting a little mystery into the show, like that could be part of a mystery that where she's using her reporting skills to uncover something. I think that would be really interesting. Cause I just feel like they don't, uh, she's a reporter when it's convenient for them. And then all the other times she's just ship- skipping work. So maybe it would be nice to see her struggle at work again, because I feel like she did in season three, three when snapper was around season three was when snapper was around correct Uh, season season two season two season two so she did when snapper was around because he really pushed her and he wasn't just willing to be like oh good you wrote a you wrote a blah blah (laughs) (laughs) so I think it would be nice to get a character who's maybe going to push her buttons a little bit and maybe show her up at work I think maybe that could be interesting if she had a A professional rivalry. I think that could be fun. Like maybe instead of like I think we were talking about having some, you know, side characters and having some minor characters that sort of weave in and out of the show. And I would I think maybe just adding some people at CatCo because I feel like in the early seasons, at least in season one and two, CatCo was a lot a bigger part of the show especially when Cat Grant was there and and you know obviously you want as many scenes with close to flock card as of you can course. get of course so a lot of stuff happened at Catco Cat seemed to actually show up for her job of <laughs> <Tara laughs> seemed to actually show up for her job on a fairly consistent basis so maybe if she had some like some co-workers that she was like now you know they're getting all the good stories or all the stories she wants, or maybe they're sort of shining brightly. They're like, somebody else gets profiled as like the rising star of cat Co media. And then it's like, you know, in the article, it's like, it used to be Cara Danvers, but since.
0: <laughs> okay. This is how we bring in nasty Luther. Oh my God. Yes. Because in the comics, <laughs> in the comics, nasty and Cara work at a news station together or not it's oh not it's, it's it's not Kara at that point in the comics she's she's Linda in those in those stories but Linda and um nasty work at a uh news station together and so that would be actually a perfect if nasty came in as a new catco employee that did give kara a run for her money and that would that has a little bit of shades of Siobhan in season 1 when Siobhan was uh trying to get up uh, the latter at CatCo and was sort of uh, in Kara's territory a little bit. I, yeah, I think Kara does need, need a rival. I agree 100%. I think that could really boost her in her journalistic uh, pursuits.
1: Because I really feel like Kara uh, gets the most uh, praise for doing the least amount of work of anyone, <laughs> of anyone I've ever experienced. So I think just seeing somebody like, push her to do more professionally. We were supposed to get that this season with Nia, where she was going to be like mentoring Nia in the ways of being a reporter. But instead I feel like she just sort of ruined Nia's work ethic because Nia's now never showing (laughs) up for work. (laughs) She, I, I, it was my concern going into the season. I was like, she's, she's going to mentor Nia in the wrong direction. And she absolutely did. Nia's like, Wait, I have to go to work? It's like 1 p.m. I'm super <laughs> sleepy. <laughs>
2: it's
1: like, Nia, no! <laughs> uh so it would be uh, line nasty luther would be the perfect example of how to do that she and bonus points she could be the whole time trying to uncover Kara's secret
0: identity in front of the whole newsroom but it just keeps going wrong like every time yes i think i think you could do that and especially if she was maybe sent there by lena maybe lena could put her in there as a plant I don't know. We could workshop it, but I think that Nasty Luther has to show up a catco at some point. I th- I think we've 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 introduced a great character here. We 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 have something going with Nasty Luther. <laughs> I think this, this, this is really this is really clicking on all cylinders. I'm into this. I feel like we've really broken this storyline. <laughs> yes, yeah, so we have. We have gone somewhere with this.
1: I think my last pitch is. I, I I'm interested to see where they're going to go with the Lena knows the secret thing, but my pitch is simple and it's do not drag it out the whole season. No one wants that. <laughs> and that's so um, true. My pitch is, is simple and succinct. It's like, do not memory wipe this storyline. Oh. Don't don't memory wipe it. Don't don't drag it out all season. No one wants us to do, to go back to like that. What was it season one where like Cat Grant figured it out and they were like, no, actually Martian Manhunter is going to pretend to be Supergirl.
0: That is the most I've ever been mad at the show. <laughs> Never do that again.
1: My two things are do not drag it out all season. And and secondly, no take backs.
0: Yes, I agree. Lena knows now. Lena should know forever. Uh, so that I think that has to stay. I would be very upset with the show if she got my mind. So let's hope they let her remember it and uh, maybe pass it on to her uh, cousin, Nasty, who goes (laughs) to work for (laughs) CACO. All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for our pitches. But uh, some listeners sent in some things that I thought we could go over. So the first one is from Danae, who writes... Quote, I do think that my biggest problem with retconning what they've been doing by saying that aliens have been here forever on on the series of Supergirl, we never learn why they come here. There seems to be a lot of discrimination against uh, them, and it seems like it has always been that way, so that doesn't seem like a great life. For some, it might be that they know they have powers over humans here. But for example, Brian didn't uh, seem to have many powers. <laughs> if it were up to me, they could have chosen a villain that is going from planet to planet throughout the galaxy and chase aliens, so that the ones that can escape come to Earth. I think Roulette could be good for this, since we haven't seen her in a while and she has been searching aliens. Uh, she has been searching for aliens before for slave trade. Then the presence of aliens would seem a bit more logical, since they are also fleeing this villain. Unquote. So Morgan, what do 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 you think about that in terms of the idea that maybe they could justify the reason that a lot of aliens have come here as as refugees yeah I think that would be really
1: interesting and I think I mean I have harped on it all season to the point where I've given up but they they really it really does feel like this season to get to the story they wanted to tell they kind of upended the whole universe as it had existed in the prior three seasons where it's like there weren't that many in the first season, it was just the escapees from Fort Roz, And then suddenly, (laughs) then suddenly there were alien bars. And I was like, okay, well, that's weird. And now it's like, now we're living in a post-Domeday universe (laughs) where they've been, (laughs) they've been here forever, apparently. And they've been, you know, Time Magazine's sexiest person of the year or whatever. I don't, (laughs) I don't know. So I think uh, I would love it if they would go back and kind of clarify the alien issue i don't know that there's any way to do that in a way that would make coherent sense now but i would i would love to see them try (laughs) yeah
0: i think that would actually have would have been good for me if they had done that where they would have explained where all these people came from all these aliens came from but they just they kind of did it with fiona a little bit but not much so it It was something that I thought was lacking in terms of the storytelling, but that kind of villain would be like a Brainiac. I think um, that's what Brainiac does. He goes around and collects planets and collects cultures and bottles them up, bottles them up like the bottle city of candor uh, <laughs> so you could maybe uh, incorporate the bottle city of candor and maybe some of brainiac five's family um, you could do something like that so I think that would be something that would be really cool to see although I don't know if they could get brainiac on the show right now because sci-fi's Krypton has a lot of brainiac so that's one of those things I don't know how they they do in terms of the um, the different networks and the different interpretations of the characters. But uh, I I think that would be a cool storyline to explore. Yeah, that would be. Well, uh, so Danae also has another pitch slash theory for what's to come for Lena next season Danae says I was surprised that the Brainy uh, the brainy reboot only happened for two episodes before he was brought to his own self again but now I, that I've thought about it I think this is foreshadowing for him the meltdown the meltdown happened when his boxes were opened and the boxes are a trick he learned from his pal Lena I think that the reason that Lena never figured out the Carl was Supergirl is because everything that made her suspicious uh, was what she put away in a mental box but now that she knows all of those boxes are opened. Because of Brainy's boxes being opened, he was more in touch with his ancestors. I think this could happen for Lena too. Now that she's been betrayed by Kryptonian, she might feel more in touch with her Luther side. With Brainy, people didn't really seem to question his new behavior, so they might not notice it with Lena either. Brainy is the first to realize how she. Uh, Lena is behaving and tries to help her. He's helped her before to realize she needed to tell Carr that she was the one who let out Lex. But I think this time Brainy alone isn't enough to help her. But just like Brainy, I think Lena can be brought back when things don't make sense in this new worldview anymore. For Brainy, it was seeing Jean and Nia almost sacrificing themselves by trying to save Argo. I think Lena might now feel like Carl was her was only friends with her so that she could keep an eye on her. So in order for Lena to get out of her funk, she would have to see Carr in a way that... Uh, could be nothing else than genuine friendship. I'm not sure what that would be, but if Lex is returning in the next crossover, Kara can show her true friend- friendship by supporting Lena and facing him again. Or maybe if Lena is in danger and Kara sacrifices for her, and then, of course, Kara can be saved when Lena yells, <laughs> take the grass at her. <laughs> um, so yeah, so Danae had a lot of good thoughts about uh, Kara and Lena's friendship and where that could go in season five and how all of that could play out now that Lena knows the secrets. Yeah, I like that a lot. Yeah, I think you could do a lot of that, especially if they bring Lex back for the crossover, which kind of seems like they might be setting up. Seems likely. So thank you for those pitches and theories, Denae. Autumn had one. Uh, Autumn wrote in saying, quote, I believe that Lena is going to turn evil and hurt Kara slash Supergirl in the next season. I think that she will keep the secret that she knows until she has her revenge plot and Lena will turn out to be like Lex. She has had a negative past with Supergirl and has a positive past with Kara. So I don't think she will try to kill Kara, but try to hurt her like Kara did to her. I know it hurts for a friend to keep such a big secret from you. However, sometimes you don't need to tell your friend everything. So I am on both Kara and Lena's side. I can imagine that Lena will get more hurt as Kara still neglects to tell Lena. This is my thought on Lena and Kara in season five. What do you guys think? Unquote. Um, Yeah, I think that's, that's a good question to ask. Is Kara going to eventually try to tell Lena herself? Or is Lena just going to try to get to the point where she tells Kara, hey, I know what your deal is. Um, So I don't don't know what's going to happen with their friendship, but I think that is a storyline that they definitely need to hit really, really hard in season five.
1: Yeah, I agree. And I think that the longer that Kara goes without telling Lena the secret, now especially for like for no <laughs> for no good reason it can it's always been really not a, a lot of good reason set up for why she's doing this thing but now after she's said multiple times like i'm going to tell her i'm going to tell her and if she continues to not tell her like it doesn't reflect well on kara so i i hope that we sort of just jump into it and we get kara telling lena
0: the secret and then maybe lena is just like i know and i'm mad (laughs) (laughs) yeah that is the one of the most exciting things i'm looking forward to in season five is just see how that how that plays out what is lena going to do what is she going to do about it uh maybe she calls her cousin nasty that's how uh, i think she should Uh, well, we also have a final uh, pitch slash theory from New Rachel, who wrote in saying, quote, I recognize that we've had quite a few Superman villains, and a common complaint about this show is that there aren't enough Supergirl villains to counter that. Well, that's not a problem here, because as much as Brainiac is connected to Superman, there could even be stronger emotional connection with Supergirl fighting him. As she probably grew up learning about him and what he's done and what would... and." would be more afraid of him, similarly to how she was in the Superman Unbound movie. Additionally, this could highlight Brainy, who's been a bit out of focus and underused in his role at the DEO, and give him a real challenge on an intellectual level as well as on an emotional one with plenty of potential for dramatic material. The seeds are all there, already planted and ready to be picked up on and further explored. And I also acknowledge that there may be a copyright issue with Brainiac 1 currently being used on the Sci-Fi Channel's Krypton series, but the beauty of the situation is that there's more than one Brainiac. And given what Brainy said in uh, episode 415 about every one of his ancestors being evil, we have a lot of options here. I mean, just sticking with those who've already been introduced in this universe, there's Vril Docs, a.k.a. Brainiac 2 from Adventures of Supergirl who could very easily be integrated like he was in that comic book, or we could reintroduce a reprogrammed version of Indigo slash Brainiac 8 with all that great hand acting Uh, who could be be more like she was in Supergirl Rebirth. And going into characters we know exist but don't know much about, Brainy made a comment in episode uh, 406 about his mother not raising him right uh, that I, for one, would love to see expanded upon. Alternately, uh, if we don't get... If we don't want to get any new actors, we could always just pull elements from season two of the Legion animated series and have Brainy getting corrupted somehow, slowly losing control until he's forced to nearly kill Supergirl, only for it to be Supergirl who saves him, and he in turn saves her too. And it could be an emotion suppression thing here, continuing the boxes narrative, that we've had this season with him. I mean, it would be painful, but I'm here for it. And I know the showrunners talked about great Brainy stories, and Jesse's talked about Brainy's family being important to his character. So a story like this would both involve an exploration of Brainy's Brainy's family and be great for his character as a whole, unquote. Yeah, I think that's one of the common threads that we've talked about uh, in our discussion, Morgan, and also with the listeners, that uh, the Brainiac thing could really come into play at some point in the series. And Supergirl does have a history with Brainiac. Uh, I really love the Injustice uh, comic book uh, version of her origin, where Brainiac is trying to invade Krypton and... Kara has an interaction with him, um, especially because Kara does know the stakes of what Brainiac can do uh, to, to uh, whole planets and communities and, and families. So I think that seeing something more from Brainy's family and the Brainiac side of thing, I think that that to me seems like a no brainer.
1: Yeah, that would be really interesting.
0: Well, I think that's going to do it for our Season 5 Pitch Meeting. If you would like to contact Supergirl Radio, you can post a comment on our website at supergirlradio.com. You can email us at supergirlradio at gmail.com with your own pitches and theories. If you'd like to leave us a voicemail, you can call us at 678-718-7252. And make sure to do that before Tuesdays at 6.30 p.m. Eastern. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram, all at Supergirl Radio. You can listen to us on Google Play, iHeartRadio, Spotify, where we also have a Spotify playlist that includes music featured on and inspired by the show. We're also on Radio Public and Podchaser. And you can check us out on DC's fan page, which you can find at dccomics.com slash dc-fans. We're available on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher Radio, so if you have some time, we encourage you to give us a rating and write us a review over there. And you can find all the links to all these things I just mentioned uh, on supergirlradio.com on the right side of the page. And now we throw it over to Richard or Macho Man, a famous wrestler for the DC TV plugs.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah, this is the Macho Man Randy Savage. And I'm here to tell you that Supergirl Radio is a part of the DC TV podcast network. So if you like other shows on their network, like Arrow, The Flash, Legends of Tomorrow, Zombie, Black Lightning, Krypton, Batwoman, Titans, Doom Patrol, Swamp Thing, Stargirl, and don't forget the classic DC TV shows. You can subscribe to all this on DC TV Podcasts, on Apple Podcasts, and follow at DC TV Podcasts on Twitter, and like DC TV Podcasts on Facebook. Oh, yeah.
0: Dig it. All right. Well, you can follow me on Twitter at Derby Kid and on Instagram at The TheDerbyKid. You might want to check out my Instagram this week because I'm going to Metropolis, Illinois for Superman Celebration 2019. This is my first time to ever go. So I'm going to try to take lots of video and pictures and uh, maybe have something for Supergirl Radio next week. Mm. So, uh, So look out for that. And if you're there... Uh, give me a shout. I'll, I'll be around trying to maybe interview some people and taking some videos. So, um, if you see me, holler at me. Uh, I also vo voice a character named Leanne on a sketch comedy podcast called The Fakest. One of the biggest episodes of The Fakest so far has just dropped. So, if you like big dramatic reveals, episode three of season two of The Fakest is the one for you. It has all the uh, the great soap opera e aspects of a story that i enjoy uh so i highly recommend it i'm also a contributor to justice league universe podcast so you can check that out if you like the dc films and uh yeah i guess that's gonna cover me uh for this week uh and you can find me on twitter um
1: i'm at mojo you can also find me as a co-host of the legends of tomorrow podcast we are actually recording our episode uh our season rundown episode thursday of this week. Um, so you still have some time if you're listening to this to get in some questions or question corners or comments or uh, just overall feelings about the fourth season of Legends of Tomorrow. So you should email us those at the Legends at podcast. <laughs> oh, no, nope, no. Nope. I'm going to find out. It's the, the Legends podcast at gmail.com not at podcast.com that's (laughs) not a thing don't email that uh the legends (laughs) podcast at gmail.com you can also tweet us uh we're legends underscore podcast um or you could uh, leave a comment on our facebook page basically you can hit us up anywhere with your comments about uh legends season four and we'd love to hear them and uh we we I, I'm pretty sure we're going to do our usual, which is to grade the season on the
0: Harry Potter owl scale. So that'll be fun. That'll be fun for everybody. I look forward to that. I like Harry Potter and I like the Legends of Tomorrow podcast. <laughs> I don't watch the show, but I like the podcast, so I, I look forward to that episode. All right, well, that's going to do it for our season five pitch meeting. But until next time, I'm still Rebecca Johnson and I'm still Morgan Glennon Pitch meeting adjourned. <laughs>